0: So, so far this liturgical year, we've been making our way through the Gospel of Mark. But for the past month, we've departed from that narrative, that story on Sunday mornings, and we've heard from John. There's one more week to go of this lesson from John's sixth chapter. And When I was looking at the text for this morning, what struck me was the question, why do we do Eucharist? Our actions, our practices, our prayers, our thoughts, they shape us both individually and collectively as a church, as a people gathered. On Sunday mornings, we gather to practice, to listen to the stories of God and God's people, seeking ways to connect the stories of our ancestors to our story, to connect the teachings and witness of Jesus to our story to draw near to God through prayer, and to receive the life of God literally into our bodies. The church in her wisdom has established a frame for sharing the Eucharist. To prepare there's a few things that are supposed to happen. We're supposed to hear something about the life and teaching of Jesus in the context of Sunday morning. We're supposed to hear gospel words. We're also supposed to pray certain words in the Eucharistic prayer when we get ready to share the body and blood of Jesus. And the other piece that I think I love the most about what happens when we gather together for Eucharist, we can't do it alone. It's something that requires at least two people. Embedded in this idea of sharing in the Eucharistic feast is connection, is relationship. It's meant to draw people together, just as God draws us together in order to share in the bread and wine or the flesh and blood, so graphically described in our gospel reading this morning. So why do we do what we do? A few weeks ago, I was moving some books around at home, and I found myself flipping through a book called Flickering Pixels, How Technology Shapes Our Faith. I read it a while ago, during the years I was actively discerning God's direction for my life, both personally on my own and also collectively with a group of parishioners. So much in our faith life happens together. It's written by a man named Shane Hipps, who is a pastor with a background in advertising and currently he works as an executive coach. As I read through some of the things I underlined, I was fascinated to discover just how much of an impact this book had on me and how much it has influenced the way I think about things. Because if you, if you were to have asked me who shapes my thinking or what books have been meaningful and influential, I wouldn't have come up with this one. Haven't thought about it for years. But flipping through it the other day, I realized just how much I've internalized the ideas and just how deeply it has shaped me and the way I think. There's also some beautiful irony for me in revisiting it the other day, um, because here in the Bay Area, we live in the land of technological innovation. And this book is about how technology shapes our faith. And then there's a section in the book where he describes um, the idea of an instant messaging conversation. And it made me laugh. He was putting you know, some of the abbreviations like LOL, back in the old days where there was just LOL. It was published in 2009. It wasn't that long ago. And I'm reminded just how fast our world is changing. But his ideas rest on Marshall McLuhan's insight that the medium is the message. There's a message embedded in how information is presented. We gather here today around a particular medium, the incarnation of God. God presenting God's self as a person who started off as a tiny baby, grew into an inquisitive and slightly sassy and precocious middle schooler, and then spent just three years shaping his small group of ragtag friends that probably weren't quite up to the task at hand, but nevertheless they were chosen. Jesus built relationship with them. They all taught and healed and proclaimed the good news that in God's economy, in this world in which we are born, there's more than enough for everyone because we're all in. Because we were created to delight God and to delight in God. And this morning, the medium here in today's Gospel is bread and wine. So while some of those words, eating Jesus' flesh, drinking Jesus' blood, definitely I think has a cannibalistic tone for some of us, it wouldn't have for Jesus' audience or for John's audience for whom he was writing. But I also think the Spirit is speaking to us here in deeper ways. Bread and wine, they evoke the story of our ancestors. The Passover Seder, the story of God's liberation of God's people from slavery in Egypt, evokes the idea that God provides for us. God provided manna in the wilderness to his children, seeking to escape and shed that slavery. And food is vital to sustaining our life. The food we eat, we take into our bodies, is literally transformed in order to nourish us, heal us, energize us. It literally gives us life. We gather and worship to listen and learn, and we gather to share the feast of Jesus' own body and blood. Jesus shows us the way, broken open, offered and then transformed. In the prayer we pray, we recall Jesus offering on the cross, which from our perspective today, I think sometimes we lose sight of that in that moment, total failure, the Savior hanging on the cross. But the cross always happens before the new life of resurrection can come. In sharing this sacramental meal that we participate in together today, we're also reminded, we're inspired really, to understand all of our meals as sacramental, whether they're happening in this space or not. We are feeding on the Christ who fills us with life, eternal life, life with which transcends our own understanding. In John's Gospel, John frequently invites us to abide. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, we are invited to abide in Jesus as vine. And this morning Jesus says, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood and abide in me and I abide in you. Medium is the message, just like God sent Jesus to live and love with us. We, God's church, we're also the message. We're the body of Christ, here to witness and proclaim the good news, here to abide and rest in that love, here to be fed and inspired in that food. Shane Hips concludes his book um, with some advice, which I wanna share with you now. I think it's helpful advice as we sort out how together to live into the invitation to abide in Christ, to live out the gospel message. He says, stay awake, look beneath the surface of things, and learn to bend.